go see a psych, hear the medication, take this fucking thing that's going to make your dick not work for the rest of your life, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's because our attention span is just completely fucked at the moment because of social media and stuff. We have to make 30 second songs now. <laughs> but okay, so I'm exciting things are happening for Meyer Lore though. Oh yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Do you like Silent Hill 2 as well? Yeah. <laughs> That's my shit. That's my shit. Hell yeah. It's like a, you're the Leonardo DiCaprio of vocals. <laughs> you know, obviously Overpass seems to be one of those pivotal songs talking about this premonition. It was definitely something that was like catastrophic to uh, like my soul and my emotions. You know, I still struggle every day with like mental health. Dude, I'm trying to understand the mind of Dan Watson over here. <laughs> You time to take your shirt off right now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's take your shirts off. Guys, welcome to episode two of the Metal Bird Podcast. And I'm so excited to have what I think is one of the best vocalists in the scene at the moment. And someone uh -huh. seriously, seriously, who's been around for more than a decade. You know him as being the former vocalist to Infinite Annihilator and Enterprise Earth, and now the founding member to his project, Meyer Lore. This dude is an absolute monster behind the mic, and I'm so excited to get to know him. And clearly, it's Dan Watson. Dan, how is it going, bro? That's good. I, I want to bless you with my middle name, Eugene. Eugene? Yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> so fucking metal. That way we can... Yeah, you don't have to. I mean, he said all those really nice things about me and said like 10 years of this, stuff like that. But it's like, now you know my middle name. There we go. And we're, and we're just chilling. <laughs> yeah, my middle name is Metalburb. Like, my name is Metalburb. Really? Metalburb, Metalburb, Metalburb. Melburb. <laughs> just first name, last name, and middle name is all Metalburb. Oh, I thought you like your real middle name was Melburb. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. It's funny because like uh, a lot of people don't know my real name and it's kind of like an ongoing joke, but um, little secret for those that watch my channel and stuff. If you donate to me on PayPal on Twitch, you can find my real name. So the only way to know my real name is to uh, give me money. What the fuck? I could have <laughs> done that the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just giving my middle name out. <laughs> yeah, dude. Kind of missing out on that. But seriously. Have you sold your name sold my name to no, people can you do that can you sell a name well that, that's what you're doing well it just it unintentionally happened because like my paypal i can't put my name as metal burb so it uses my real credentials so mm -hmm. people just find my name that way and i don't know how to fix it so it is what it is okay yeah okay but they only they only get it when they're paying you for something yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Okay. I, I think it works out, but dude, how does mm. how does it feel? Okay, I'm gonna blow some more smoke up your ass, but how does it feel to be part of one of the best records of the year and one of the best EPs of the year? I don't know. I've just been chilling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh, for some people, it's like, um. Yeah, you fucking suck. And usually that, that speaks louder to me than people that like cherish something that I've done. Oh. So uh you saying that is fucking awesome. So fuck yeah. Dude, the negative comments always like somehow like I don't know, they're so much louder than the positivity. Like even in my videos, like, you know, I get like 
usually positive comments. And then I got one negative one. And then I'm like, you fucking little bastard. But like, sometimes they just get it so right, though. It's like they they'll post a comment and it'll be something that's so right. They're like at fucking six minutes and 30 seconds, 36 seconds. You fucking could have done better. What? (laughs) And I'm just like, you're so fucking right. (laughs) Okay, well, there's some valid criticism for sure, but. I don't know. I feel like some people, they definitely act way too entitled on the internet. They expect you to be a certain way. Yeah. Like, I don't know, dude, it's your art and you should just kind of put it out the way that you like want to put it out. Right. And like, you know, right. I, I get my criticism too, but like, dude, I don't know how much of uh, videos you watch mine, but like, I'm always like very straightforward with my opinions. Like if I don't love a song, I'll try to explain why. But when it comes to your music, like legit, I do think it is, top like tier deathcore especially this year holy crap i can the chosen was so good my lore like ashen memories when i first did the video for that song yeah you asked me to check it out too and i i checked it out i'm like oh yeah this is sick but i didn't like necessarily love it but then after some time i started like blasting at the gym and i saw like galactic criminal react to it and he loved it and then it just made me love the song even more now i fucking love that song and then i think black box is what it's called the final track on that ep Dude, final one. Yeah, that song's a banger too. Like you yeah, I think, I think with uh with the EP and and that record too, the Enterprise record, um, it was one that I think a lot of people were caught off guard by at first, and then they either hated it or they put it to the side, and then a lot of people um just kept listening to it because they were stuck. You know, like you know, like like they were stuck with it. They were just like, "Fuck, I gotta listen to it again." And that was the same way with me. Like when I actually like tracked the vocals and like spent a lot of time on writing it and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I have songs on the chosen where I fucking I fucking hate those songs, but um, there's like a lot of songs where I I was stuck listening to after too because there were songs that like literally when I wrote them were kind of just like songs that got me through really hard shit and I got stuck on them and then literally bled into them when I like recorded them and stuff and then ever since then it's like when I go back to them and listen to them like it just gets better and better for me like where I'm just like damn I actually did kind of kill it (laughs) yeah even though like I'm like my hardest critic and stuff like that and it's like dude yeah like if I if I take my songs and I compare them to people that I respect and that I love, it's like, dude, no comparison. They win all day. It's not a competition, but like they beat me, they destroy me. But it's like, to me, like that record and the EP, both of those were um, written in like really dark times for me. And they're just like, there's just something special and unique about them. And, and the way they were recorded, uh, when they were recorded, and then just like, um i don't know just like some something about like the translation of like where i was at in my life and like the microphone picking up like my feelings and my emotions uh and my performance into the mic and stuff like that and it's like dude no doubt to like um you know gabe with his guitar writing and stuff like that on the chosen um like he's you know like it, it was that record was me and him you know just like that like it would 
it wouldn't be anything without me or it wouldn't be anything without Gabe. And then um, with the EP, it was like, it was a whole different story with uh, another guitar player I was working with. But yeah, it was just like, dude, like fucking... Uh, and the fact that those records, like that record and that EP means a lot to people, um, it means even more to me because like, honestly, like without those two pieces of work, I don't know where the fuck I would be because um, that was like my therapy. That was like my medication because like that's all I know how to do in life is just write music <laughs> and Dude, fucking this, exist. This is why I wanted you on the podcast too because obviously reading through the lyrics, it seems like you're going through some things and obviously what happened with you leaving Enterprise Earth. Um, I think a lot of us are trying to understand where your head is at and just like get to know you a little bit better. And um, yeah, you're always going to be your toughest critic, like always. Like I am so guilty of that all the fucking time. Like like a whole different kind of aspect, like making content all the time. I'm always like I can't help myself from comparing to other people and then also like criticizing and looking at comments and stuff. But I mean, like. So I will say this is like probably the difference between me and like every vocalist that tapped out and said, fuck that, that's too much. Um, The only difference is that I was my toughest critic all the way through everything. Um, There was that. And on top of that, it was like um, listening to all the feedback that people gave to me. Most of the time, you know, I was like, yeah, fuck you. You you suck. I, I stuck because i yeah you're right (laughs) like (laughs) i mean yeah i mean like i suck though because i was like having a hard day you know but but, like um i'm always like my toughest critic and so like there there's never like a point where you become like happy with what you're doing and like you're always striving for something better and something greater and like to to grow and to be better um, and so that's the only difference between like probably me and like any other normal person is that a lot of people, I think that were to follow a similar path to mine, they would just tap out way sooner than I did because I went through, um, a lot of shit and I went through a lot of failure and that that's pretty much the only difference. And it's like, dude, I'm still, I'm still failing at things. And the only like positive I can bring out of anything is that like, I was able to write a record or two or like an EP that like people really value and but like still I'm you know I still struggle every day with like mental health with um you know monetarily um with my relationships like like everything I still struggle really really hard and the only thing that keeps me going is the opportunity to maybe write one more, you know, or something, <laughs> you know, like life's fucking shot. But like, to the outside perspective, it's like, even if like I was your fan from the beginning, right? Like I would see your first video and then I would see you, you know, I don't know, get like a better video camera um, a sick background that's purple and <laughs> like also you just feeling more comfortable over time and then you just becoming somebody that like maybe I feel really comfortable watching because your reactions are like more genuine and stuff like that but it's like at the same time it's like in your head you might still feel 
like you're still struggling, you know, to to gain any sort of ground, even though like visually and perceptually uh, people probably think like, oh, you've grown this much. But it's like, dude, you might feel like the same person that started and you're still hammering yourself the same amount and you're still like being just as hard as you were in the beginning. You know what I mean? It's like it never ends. You know, it's like the perpetual cycle of uh, hardship. Like, (laughs) like, when do you make it right? It's just growth too, man. Like I totally know what you mean. Like even right now doing this podcast, like I want to do more and more with it. I want to get continue to like, I want to make this podcast huge. And like, there's always that constant just growth that keep doing better. And it's the grind and it's just mentally exhausting. And I, I don't uh, know the failures that you're speaking of because I don't see it from an outsider's perspective. And maybe it's you just really like thinking about yourself on a very critical level. But also failure is like so fucking important to have. Like failure is what makes us stronger, too. So I think like if you value failure in some sort of way and to become like more positive and grow from it, like you're just going to keep becoming more wise, you know? Yeah. So like the... um... So if you look at things of like a chart, right, like a graph, like the the majority of the bulk that pushes you higher, it's all fucking failure. <laughs> like it's all fucking failure and you just keep failing higher, you know, you. It, but like, I guess like maybe in their perspective, it's like you're failing less, but you're literally just like stepping on the dead bodies of all your past failures. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I know that I've had like shitty jobs that I didn't like and you know moving on from that or relationships with people that I knew weren't benefiting me that you have to kind of grow from that too you like yeah you you just kind of learn as a person um dude I didn't expect us to be talking about like mental health so early and I'm at I love it because like um (laughs) seriously mental health is like fucking huge to me and um I mentioned this on the last podcast but you know on my discord server within the first week of having it I put a channel saying like uh, mental health for all like my discord community to hop on in and vent and you know like not everything is just going to be like talking about music and just you know being happy like let's have a place where people can be vulnerable and like um you know help each other and it was actually really crazy to see the community just blow up in the server and help each other because like i think we all struggle with it even someone like you that uh, from an outsider's perspective, we're all going like, wow, Dan Watson is one of the best vocalists in the scene and stuff. And then people don't really understand like the nuance to what's happening in, in a person and like putting out that art and stuff. And then obviously you leaving uh, Enterprise Earth and stuff there's like, OK, there's like, like, is Dan OK? Like that's I think that's how I've been kind of like perceiving things from just reading like online, you know, how do you deal with uh, your mental health? Like what do you, steps do you take to improve it? Um, so, uh, I think like in, in the past, like my thing was to just move on, uh, move to the next thing. Right. And focus everything into that. Um, cause like, uh, I mean, for instance, like, uh, so I've been in and out of like local bands and stuff like that when, uh, like back in the day yeah. and I just move on to the next thing and it'd fail and it'd, or I'd move on to the next thing. And like, people weren't as like serious as I was. And so I'd move on. Um, that was always really easy to me, but I think like the, the first like real 
struggle for me was um i mean it, like if if you've ever i'm not if like when you're in a relationship with like a female right um it's basically like uh the breakup process it's like it it's like how important is that person to you um how much effort did you put into the relationship how much um like how much of it destroys you if they betrayed you whatever uh it's it's really similar except for like usually it's it's among you're you're in a relationship with like five or four guys yeah. you know like really similar in that sense where like um it's just you're you're just like in this mass relationship but there's also something different too and that's the sorry my light is that's all good man dude fucking china <laughs> my new girlfriend is chinese so i need to stop saying stuff about china <laughs> um but uh yeah so it's like this like Yeah, so it's just like um, it's just like that. It's like a, a it's like a really bad breakup with uh, things that like mean something to you, and usually it's among four or five other guys. But luckily, within a band, there's like there's always that one guy that's like, yeah, he's a piece of shit anyway. Um, it'll be fine when we break up, like good riddance. But yeah, uh, like for instance, like when I left Enterprise, um, uh, I mean those those are my those are like my best friends, and it. It was like months and months and months of like like deep pain and um and it wasn't because any of us wanted it you know it was just because that's the way the world was going at the time um and my first like like real painful separation what it wasn't even just like painful like with the separation in that aspect it was like the infant annihilator separation um where like i was putting a lot of effort and um work in between my job into like writing the palpable up or sea of pollution <clears throat> and i was getting pretty close with uh the drummer aaron and like so i was just putting a lot of effort in and we were getting close and it was like exciting we were experiencing something new together we were like having a lot of fun like watching people react to stuff because like we we all were in a position where we'd never experienced anything like really successful. Yeah. And we like released the single and it just like popped off and we were like watching it all together. But like, I never spoke to any of them. It was just like me and him were like messaging through Facebook and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was like really exciting for me at least. Um, and it seemed exciting to him. Uh, and then it like fucked me over and like, um, just fucked me over a bunch of money and stuff like that. And yeah, just, it was fucked for me. Cause it was like, it was the first like bit of success that I tasted that were like, I, I wrote this record with them and I didn't have any intention of like making it big or being famous or having any sort of like clout or whatever that shit means. Um, it was just like a passion project and it just blew up and like, once it did, then the people I did it with like abandoned me um, and fucked me over a bunch of money. And then like I knew about it before they thought I knew about it. So I like um, 
started my YouTube channel immediately because at the time I had like a burner Morgan Freeman fake uh, catfish Facebook profile. Didn't have any social media. So, okay. <laughs> so I made this because uh, I, I just used it to like communicate with him. I didn't use it for like personal reasons. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so I made like a real profile. I made a real YouTube, did a bunch of covers on YouTube like as quick as I could. Um, and then like posted it on the Infinite Annihilator uh, account, like Facebook account, and was like, hey, this is my shit. Follow me real quick. I'm, the, I'm actually the vocalist because a lot of people didn't even know that Infinite Annihilator had a vocalist. Really? Yeah. Yet alone knew that, like, because like in the music video, it looked like they were singing the lyrics and stuff. So they just thought that they were the ones that did the vocals. Oh, okay. Um, so I like I posted a cover and all that stuff and I was like, hey, follow me. And then I was like, okay, I quit <laughs> and posted that. And then like that's pretty much like what I used to start Enterprise Earth was that clout that I got from that. Um and I started like from nothing, just like literally like here's two covers. I quit, follow my new shit. A year later started Enterprise with a guy named BJ. And that yeah dude that was rough because it was like when i left that i was like dude is it is like first of all i no one knew who i was like i i was literally fucking morgan freeman to like middle-aged like six middle-aged women who thought i was actually morgan freeman <laughs> you know like so um yeah it was scary because like when they fucked me over and shit i was like dude i have no power i have no control over my life like they can fuck me over because I have nothing. And so that's when I, I realized that I had to like do social media and I had to gain like some sort of power, um, like self power, I guess you can call it. Or like, if you perceive it that way, it's like having social media with my name and like my face is like, that's my power. Right. Yeah, um, I got you. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really fucking scary, and I lost that, and I was really fucking bummed out, and also it's just like being betrayed, and then it's like relationships after that ended kind of similar, <laughs> or just being fucked over, and um, and then enterprise, uh, I think I spent like eight years doing enterprise, and it was just like, dude, like it was like a fucking, it was like a turd, like. A turd. A turd, yeah. So so basically the band started was me and BJ and it was like this fresh new turd, just hot summer day, right on the pavement, right on the blacktop. And like the the members we we, we basically had to like fill the lineup really quickly because we had tour offers before we even had a lineup. And so basically that was probably our first problem was that uh, we had to fill it really quickly, and so the fucking flies came in, <laughs> and uh, I met a lot of good people that that joined the band. But it's like if you look at like our uh, uh, like Wikipedia with like our members stuff like that, it's yeah. like there's like forty or some shit. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And it was just people that joined real quick. Like, yeah, I fucking I I could do it. Like, I'll do it. Like stuff like that. And a lot of them we ended up having to fire, stuff like that. There's there's one guy that like like pretty much all the people that were in the band previously, um, 
I will still hug when I see because I fucking love them. But there's one guy that I will fucking, I'll fucking kill him. <laughs> but yeah, it's just dude, okay. just like heart, like the like honestly, my entire journey with music has just been like heartbreak after heartbreak, and it's like always like, um, I don't know, it's just like always me taking my shirt off my back to give it to him and just keep getting fucked over. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been rough, but. Uh, Enterprise isn't isn't like that. Um, Gabe and Brandon are uh, amazing dudes, amazing musicians. Very honored to have shared anything with them. Um, And yeah, it's unfortunate that things happened the way they did, but I wish them the best of all worlds, honestly. Like, yeah, I hope that dick sucked everywhere by everyone and. Um, their butts massaged by <laughs> their butts uh, Indo- Indonesians because I can't say Chinese anymore because my <laughs> just a, just offend another <laughs> country. Okay, <laughs> uh, dude, Canadians, I'm, Canadians, yeah, just say Canadians. You go ahead with Mexicans because so, I'm a uh, half Mexican too. No but, shit. Yeah, yeah. Hola, cómo estás, amigo? And amazing, it's- right? surrounding us america like just around us <laughs> yeah yeah um dude well if we're talking about you know just enterpriser just right there could we like you know obviously overpass seems to be one of those pivotal songs talking about this premonition that you've been having and you were kind of seeing from this is how i got it you kind of saw your own death happen before your own eyes right so you had like this enlightening kind of spiritual moment right it, it can, could you like elaborate and like fill in the gaps for me? I'm trying to understand it. Yeah. Um, when I do people, uh, when I do people call me crazy and just, it just perpetuates people thinking I'm crazy. Um, but yeah, I have no problem, uh, kind of elaborating. Um, so if I'm going to elaborate in a proper way, I'll think I'll, I'll start like, uh, further back in time. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, I've, I tell like people that are closer to me um, this stuff, and I'm used to really keeping this like stuff more secretive, and I, and it kind of it kind of I kind of fuck up because like when I do like when I with overpass and stuff like that, when I make posts about like what the song is about, I only say in like now time uh, or most recently in like what specifically the song is about. And people just go back, like, resort back to, like, oh, you're fucking crazy, blah, 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 he lost his mind kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and that's, that's fun. The, that's the internet. The internet always just jumps to conclusions right away. Yeah. They, they always, like, yeah. It, it's, it's stressful. But, um, so, but when I jump back in time, I think they're going to still say that I'm fucking crazy. Too. So, I mean, that's fine. Because, like, I'm used to that. My dad... um since I was 13, there's been multiple times where he's had to look up whether I'm schizophrenic or not. And um, it was mostly just because I was having experiences and uh, hauntings and things like that in different houses we lived in um, where he couldn't explain it any other way than just immediately jumping to the conclusion that I was schizophrenic or something. Um, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna jump back uh, further in time and it's like over something really simple. Um, so I was given, 
so like some people like on i guess like spiritual twitter they would be like oh my god he's like a an empath psychic crystal ball dude or whatever but like that's not how i see it it's not like there's a spiritual uh, side to twitter spiritual yeah oh yeah there's I, a whole there's a fucking i thought twitter was just about canceling everybody mostly but uh, <laughs> the other parts about astrology and like uh being yeah which i'm not i'm not gonna get into that side. <laughs> but um so basically uh let's see it was like my first um it was the first like uh girlfriend i had that was like legitimate like that was really serious um me and her were very serious and in love and stuff and i got i basically just had this dream one night that and it was a very specific dream one that i still remember every detail and color to this day but basically we were in this t the top of a skyscraper and i'm just going to summarize it uh and we were all dancing and it was new year's eve and we were watching the clock countdown and then when it hit uh midnight uh there's like this like huge quake and we all run to the window look out on the horizon we're in the skyscraper overlooking uh, a city that stretches to the horizon and all of a sudden the sky gets wiped black so it doesn't turn black but it like wipes black like this yeah uh, and then all of a sudden you see like this like uh nuclear blast like radius thing that's just like coming and as it's passing over the buildings it's like destroying each building and like turning it to ruins um and then it hits our building it splits the built the the fucking uh tower in half like this okay and me and her and everyone are standing on one side of the building and on the other side of the split is the elevator to get all the way down uh but we have to jump over this gigantic crack uh, to get there and so i grab her hand and i run over there with her and i'm like all right we have to jump like i know it's far we have to do it and she's like she grabs me before i jump over she grabs me and pulls me to her and she looks in my eyes concerned and she's like i can't go with you and i was like why and she's like i'm not gonna make it and then i wake i wake up immediately know that we're fucking breaking up <laughs> it was high school so it was like it was probably way too like uh way too cool for like a high school breakup to have like a premonition like that but yeah it was like a week later we ended up like separating like that because we couldn't we just couldn't she couldn't go with me kind of thing really uh, so like a week after she the breakup actually happened yeah wow yeah okay. and um and so, like, there was a couple things, there's a couple of premonitions like that that happened to me. Um, and it was always apocalyptic, and it was always, like, death-related, right? Um, but every time that I would have it, it wasn't that I died, or it wasn't that I um, was destroyed in that sense, but it was like a... It was, I would have these like premonitions before something major happened in my life that was like crazy emotionally destructive, like to the point where like it was just so much that it would change like my DNA in a sense. Um, and so the overpass, uh, 
the overpass thing was um I, I still think about it sometimes because it's like what does the overpass mean right it's like i was i died underneath of like a place where paths cross right or something i don't know but um i, I try to decipher it but it's like it, it doesn't matter it was like i knew it was coming um and I, I, this was like a vision that I had actually while I wasn't sleeping. It was like a conscious one. Oh. Wow. I, I was like awake during the day and it just hit me and I cried a whole bunch uh, without tears. <laughs> when I cry, I don't actually cry. It's like internally. Really? I yeah, I don't, I don't like cry. I like cry. <laughs> oh, that, that's interesting. I weep like a baby when I cry. Yeah, I don't like, I don't, I haven't cried for like, 10 to 15 years or some shit but I, like it hit me one day and it was like um i think it was an apartment with my fiance at the time and it, i was off tour and i got hit with the overpass premonition and just like it literally was like a, a brain download like it just like hit my brain and it made me like weep inside and like immediately after that i um just like focused on literally valuing each minute and every moment. Like even when I was being bitched at by my ex, I would just be like, that's so cute <laughs> that you care so much. You know what I mean? And yeah, like, that's a good way of looking at it. It's true. Yeah. And, and just like uh, valuing like all the dumb shit with like my old manager and stuff like that. It was just like more of just like being grateful for like everything, just being grateful be alive um then i wrote the song and we released the album and then the album made like the the song made sense once we split because i feel like that's what the premonition was about was about this like gigantic catastrophic catastrophic event that was going to happen that wasn't necessarily apocalyptic or your death but it was it was definitely something that was like catastrophic to uh like my soul and my emotions and so that's why i feel like overpass is definitely about was about and i'm, I'm scared now to write songs because i feel like a lot of the songs that i because like when i look back at old songs i read the lyrics and shit and then it's like dude like this is like what my life became after i wrote the song <laughs> really yeah. So, so it's like all the premonitions that you've had over the years, they've all been like necessarily true to some certain point. Yeah, but it's not something that I can pinpoint. It's not something that it's like a um, more gradual and nuanced. It's it's more like if when I when I look back and I read them, um, I'm like, fuck, dude, stop writing songs. Because like, are the songs the reason why I'm fucking shot <laughs> so to clarify with um overpass you had the premonition and then you wrote the lyrics or you wrote the lyrics and then had the premonition no i uh had the premonition and i wrote the lyrics yeah that, that's what i was thinking okay uh, with, with uh, those with uh, overpass i had the premonition more than once um and that's why i mean we have a we have a song that uh that was called overpass because like overpass isn't like a really cool name but it, it's something that like meant a lot um 
the same with the lyrics i mean just like <laughs> like if you if you don't know i guess like maybe it maybe it sounds like kind of poetic right but uh yeah it's not like the, the coolest sounding shit but it yeah it, yeah Dude, it means it's i think it's one of the best songs of the year um you know musically from a musical standpoint but also knowing the lyrics like you know when i listen to a lot of um like metal i don't personally gravitate gravitate towards lyrics so much i play guitar right so i i'm always listening to like song structure and things like that um but hearing like what happened to you um i want to like understand you better so then after hearing what happened i went into the lyrics and trying to read along to the lyrics and now i even love the song even more um it's just like it's like a part of who you are and that's why i wanted to ask this question and just get to understand this premonition a bit more and yeah it sounds like you're kind of like um pretty like spiritual person like do you meditate do you are you that kind of like spiritual do you um so i think uh like so my um so i grew up as a missionary son and my my father uh he moved us around the country a whole bunch in the united states um into like really bad areas um and so a lot of the things that we went through as like kids because i had i'm a i have uh let's see five brothers and sisters i have a half brother half sister and then three adoptive um siblings um and basically uh yeah so we would move like to ghetto to ghetto um like really bad places and my dad would start from the ground up from nothing uh missions for like gang members addicts and prostitutes and stuff um so we lived like really 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 bad places and so we were taught from like a really young age to have like this like i guess like connection with god and like spirituality and stuff and for me it personally evolved into something where I didn't necessarily think that I was like praying to Jesus or praying to um, Yahweh or something, but it was more like I didn't have anyone else to talk to, I guess. Um, and I, I, uh, God or Jesus or Yahweh or whatever, uh, discerned my trust because um, really bad shit would still happen when I would pray. Um, but i did develop this like spirituality where it was like things are just so bad all the time and things just kept getting worse and stuff so uh pretty much like i always ended up resorting back to uh prayer and um i guess it would be meditation um but there's not like a a fundamental like understanding or way of saying like i meditated exactly like you would find on youtube or something but it was like more of like meditation in a sense where like when things were really bad i just kind of zoned out and then i thought like in my everyday life whenever i touched something or picked something or did something um in the back of my mind there was this like meditative i guess like instinct of like i'm not i'm just i'm not just picking up this item i'm picking up this item 
to affect this spiritual thing in a way. I guess I, I don't know how to explain it more than that, but talking about um, spirituality and anything like that can definitely get you know a little bit confusing. But I I just want to say yeah. that I can relate too because um you know I just mentioned that I like I'm half Mexican, so anytime you like. Assume like most Mexicans are Catholic, right? I was born Catholic um, mm-hmm. and I grew up going to church, but um, I don't necessarily go to church and believe in the sense of Jesus. And but the people who do, you know, I respect them. I think, um, I don't know, there's a lot of absence in spirituality and a lot of people just I feel like a lot of people are more nihilistic lately, which I think is I don't know. I think that's just I think there's more life than that. So actually, to be completely honest, I have been going to church a little bit more. And that's mainly just because like with my mom, like, you know, I she lives in a whole different town. It's like an hour away from me. So like I just usually see her on Sundays and then she wants to go to church, too. So I just end up going to church with her. Um, You know, I don't really do the whole like communion thing kind of thing. I just kind of go and support. And then um, but the thing is, like, after I go, I feel so much better. You, you, I don't know. It's so hard to explain why, but there's a sense of community. There's a sense of something bigger than just yourself because everyone's just thinking about themselves, but like, you know, you're just something in this grand universe. And then also like when I'm, it's like a funny example, but like anytime I'm leaving the parking lot to church, everyone is so friendly. Everyone's like, no, no, you go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. And like, that's the thing about church. Everyone's just like, um, you, it just makes people feel something that I feel like can be absent in normal, uh, normal day life. Um, um so what I'll say from like my observation, cause like I went to, so I moved like over 30 times in like in each spot that I've lived in, I probably went to like 10 different churches, like growing up. Um, but the one thing I did notice is that, um, there is something magical. I guess I would say magical because it's like something we don't understand, right? Um, there's something magical about like meeting together and all of us like believing in something bigger and greater, right? Yeah. But also too, I think um I think like spirituality wise, I think that there is like I, I don't think that any religion I think all religion is wrong, but I also think all religion is right at the same time. What do you so mean? So it's by like, that? so I would say like their belief in a higher power, um, their belief in good, and their belief in evil existing. I think all that's right, but I think where everyone gets lost and where everyone is wrong is when they try to decipher the details of shit that doesn't matter. The history. Like, Exactly. The history that isn't proven that you can't rely on, like, and then arguing over that because of, like, some fucking theologian in fucking France or, like, some fucking dude who wrote this 4,700 years ago. It's like, but the premise is the same all across the globe where we all know that there is, like, some sort of higher power and love is the answer in that hate and evil is the destruction of man right like i think those like fundamentals are like everyone's right about but at the same time everyone's fucking wrong when they keep like 
arguing and diving deeper into the details. Like when you when you study harder about the details, like the more wrong you get. And that's just my opinion, because like I, I think that's also like maybe to be honest and truthful, maybe a coping mechanism for me loving um, people like as a whole is because it's just like I don't want anyone to be like wrong and yeah. go and die and go to hell and like suffer and shit like that. But like but it's just like also too is like me as an empath, I just love people and so like i understand that like i can see somebody who's catholic baptist buddhist and i can still see them connect with something greater than us individually you know so yeah that's just like thing. it's like a certain kind of balance that i think is kind of necessary but like even you talking about being an empath you know what i don't really consider i don't know if i am or not but i can relate in some sort of way that i feel like you're uh, you know, taking off your shirt for others and stuff all the time. I can totally relate. And I definitely have relationships, you know, I relationships have burned <laughs> on my, and it, it sucks. Cause like, I feel like I, I do a lot for people. And um, so I can kind of like feel like I'm relating to you a lot more than, than I expected actually. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, dude. Fucking yeah. Me and you are the type of the dudes that just, Take our shirts off. Brother, <laughs> <laughs> time to take your shirt off right now. Let's go. Yeah, let's take your shirts off. There we go. That, that'll be good for clout. Um, dude, okay. So actually, you know what? Talking about more of the spiritual stuff and like the... You were talking about hauntings. If we could go back to that, like, if that's all right. You were saying that you had hauntings. Yeah. Is it like more like paranormal or like... Um, yeah, so I've had, um, so I've lived in, uh, so I was, I was, personally, I was haunted, uh, in one location, um, another location, which actually inspired the first Infant Annihilator album, um, I witnessed a ghost, and it actually ended up being related to the subject matter, um, and then there was just one that was um i i started getting um nice uh what do you call it uh like ghost wise like demon no i uh i'll, I'll just start at the beginning and it, it'll probably come to me uh, the second house it's not like really relevant because <laughs> uh, it was really short-lived experiences but um so the first house, uh, I lived in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, it's called Jane Street. If anyone wants to look it up, it's called Jane Street. Okay. Uh, but there was a, a old Catholic church, um, and then right next to the Catholic church, there was a parsonage. And so a parsonage is basically where priests would be, they would stay, the priest would stay there and live there, um, and then they would go service the church and like do you know, church stuff or whatever, but they basically were bunked and housed inside of this parsonage. Um, it was about, I think it was a four-story house, an old, old home. Um, and I lived there as a kid with my, my parents because they got it a good, a good deal. Um, and then on top of that, they, my dad bought, he, I don't think he, he was like rented it or something, but 
So we had stayed in the parsonage as a family, and then he opened up a mission inside of the old Catholic church that was abandoned. Okay. So the entire place was abandoned. We live in a really bad neighborhood, Latin King uh, gangs uh, pretty much ruled the area. We actually ended up having like some sort of protection from the Latin Kings because my dad uh, had a bunch of people in the mission that were like recovering from drug addicts and also just honestly just trying to get through their parole and stuff like that. Um, so it was just like a resource for them. So we had like protection, but um, we had, I mean, like we had like bullet holes in our house and every single, about every single night we would hear machine gun fire mm. and my parents would be like, Oh, it's fireworks. And we were just like, yeah, we're not fucking stupid. How old were you again? Uh, this <laughs> was, this was like about first, first grade. Second grade, um, I think second grade. Yeah. So yeah, you can tell they were gunshots then. Yeah, they were, they were gunshots. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah, it was machine gun fire. So like out then, uh, out there, they would use kids as drug runners, and they'd give them Uzis, um, and so there would just be like kids my age with little fucking straight up Uzis and Mac Ten. Oh um, God! How can they and, even and carry they were, it? Jesus. They were the smallest guns they had that were fully auto. <laughs> How they shot them, I don't know, but <laughs> never never saw it. But uh, so basically, there was one day where I uh, I woke up late or something like that. It was the weekend, and my brothers and sisters were gone. Like the entire floor that I was on, which was the third floor, it was complete completely silent. And so I got up and I walked around. And I was looking for my brothers and sisters, went into their rooms and shit, and I was like, what the fuck, where is everyone? Um, and then I went, ended up walking past my room thinking, like, okay, if I go to, like, we called it the den, right? It was, like, where, it wasn't the living room, but it was, like, there was another space where we all, like, as kids hung out and, like, did cool shit. Because there was, like, four floors in that place. Um, and so I was, like, heading, heading that way, like, ha that's probably where they are. Um, and I walked past my room. And so yesterday, the day before this was happening, my mom told me, because I had been putting cleaning my room off like for fucking a week. And she's like, if you don't fucking clean your room, you can't play or do anything. And I was like, all right, I got this. Yeah. So I took all my, I took all my toys and I shoved them in the closet, like just like fucking. And then like, Blows the door. <laughs> yeah. That's how I cleaned my room. It took me like five minutes. So when I walked past my room, I looked over into my room, just like glanced because I saw movement. And there was this girl who I thought was my sister because my sister, she's uh, adopted and she's a Puerto Rican girl with like really long, thick Puerto Rican curly hair. Okay. Um, she was kneeling on the ground in my room and my closet door was open and all my toys were sprawled out around her. And she was sitting on her knees with her hair in front of her face, her curly, thick Puerto Rican hair. And she was sitting there like with all my toys spread out. And I had just like walked past my room, looked over and saw that and turned around like, like I'm gonna beat your ass. That that's how you reacted? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, she dude, she was a monster. <laughs> <laughs> she 
she used to she used to push me and my brother to the point where like we had fucking like like she wanted to fight all the time. <laughs> it's the point like, when I saw, yeah, when I saw that, like literally, I was like, dude, she's fucking trying to fuck with me because she knows I just cleaned my room. So I went back and I was like, dude, we're gonna fucking fight. <laughs> and keep in mind, we're in second grade. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. like, I think it was like four years later or something like that. That's when I learned not to hit women. But like back then, it was cool to hit women. <laughs> when, you were, wait, when you were a kid. Because women were like five and so was I. We were like the same age. Um, so anyway, um, I went back to go kick her ass. And my closet door was completely closed. All my toes were put up. But that image was burnt in my head. And it still is to this single day where I remember every detail. And so what I didn't say was what she was wearing. And she was wearing a Catholic schoolgirl uniform. It was a plaid dress okay. with a white under a uh, white undershirt and with a red like tie. Yeah, yeah, okay. And black shoes. And so I went out and I told my mom that because I went outside and I found them. They were all just like hanging out outside. And I was like, Mom, I I thought it was Angie, but I saw some girl in my room. And she can my mom, she still remembers me saying that to her to this day like she we still talk about it sometimes because because she also went through one of the other hauntings with me uh later on down the line but um so basically um she's like yeah that that was not angie because angie was out there playing fucking wearing a totally different outfit uh but anyway so basically what i learned later on down the line um years later as i tell my mom that story again i was like hey you remember that one time uh, I saw the little girl that I thought was Angie, looked just like her, same age, everything, different outfit, all that stuff. And she was like, yeah, so I need to tell you something, but um, I didn't want to tell you back then because uh, your dad made me promise you that not my dad or my dad basically told my mom not to tell her like any of the kids this. But so basically the reason that they got all that property the church and the parsonage together was because that was one of the first big cases of um, priest child molestation charges. Oh, shit. So, so the priests that lived in the house that we lived in, um, they got busted for fucking raping kids and shit. And this was back when um, it, it, it was like, it started to come out and pop up all over the United States. So like, fucking priests were getting busted all over the states and then all the all the catholic churches are are overseen by literal fucking uh the fucking roman catholic church yeah so the hierarchy there deals with anything that they you know anything here like the priests here so when they got told that there's these, these priests fucking molesting children and shit the roman catholic church they fucking all they did was they would take that priest that that got in trouble with that shit and they would move them to the next county over outside of the jurisdiction of where they were being charged and hunted for their their child molestation cases and shit yeah so these priests would literally fucking rape kids get charged but then move a state over 
and then be in charge of fucking kindergarten classes again and like fucking preschools and shit. And that fucking boggled my mind. Yeah. And yeah, and then like the whole infant annihilator thing, it's like um right right around when I started writing the lyrics for that, uh, was actually when the next ghost situation like popped up for me. Um and it was it was a full blown like demonic haunting. It wasn't like seeing a little girl ghost. <laughs> it was it was like some fucking exorcist shit. <laughs> what do you mean, like demonic haunting? Like, where was it at here? That was uh, Gary, Indiana. Um, yeah, if you ever want to look up Gary, Indiana, like look up Gary, Indiana, and you'll you'll see why that. I mean, that that place is the demonic portal itself. Honestly, um, I, look, I type in Gary, Indiana on Google. The first search result is crime. Second search result is demon house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so the guy who did uh, uh, he did a famous like uh, ghost hunting show. Uh, he he bought a house there that was like a, a demonic house. It was a haunted house, and he went there and did like a documentary about it. So it was called the Demon House or whatever. Yeah, I'm seeing it right um, here. Okay. But uh, yeah that that place that place is is fucking evil. It's it's fucking evil. That the city itself is evil. Um, so my dad started a mission there. Um, I moved out when I was like seventeen, and I went off and did my own thing. Um, and I moved back in because I was like getting involved with like uh, drugs and like dumb stuff as a kid. Yeah. So I moved back in with my parents, but they moved there, so I moved in with them there. Um. In that place, uh, the crime rate uh, I, for a really long time was the number one per capita uh, highest crime rate. Um, so it was like per, per the people that lived there was the highest crime rate in the United States kind of thing. Or I, it might have been the world. I can't remember, but it, it, it's up there. It's like someone's got carjacked there. Um, I hit a crackhead on a bike one time with my car. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was he he survived. He was fine. Um, the drugs. I almost got I almost got stabbed there. Um, right down the street from our the the house I lived at, there's a six six year old and an eight year old uh, boys. They got uh, shot and killed uh, one block from my house. Uh, they got shot and killed for their cell phones. Um, and there was times where I'd drive around and I, you, you didn't, you didn't like, like when a animal dies, like a squirrel or something like that, it's like, you might drive past it or something like that and smell it for a second. But, uh, a human bodies that the stench will smell for like a square mile, square, maybe half mile, maybe. Yeah. Um, and in a tight and close city like that, it's like when you drive, like, like when you drive by, um, it just infests like your senses. <laughs> you taste it, and that yeah, that place was really fucked. Um, Dude, but that... I was ha- haunted there. Um, we lived in this house, and I was uh, recording infinite annihilator stuff on my lunch breaks and uh 
Yeah, I mean, like across the street, there was like three or four abandoned houses, and they were all occupied by uh, homeless, like crackheads and shit. Yeah. Um, so I got to know them, so I felt safe around them. But it was like anytime I had guests or something like that come over, which was very rare, um, their shit wasn't safe because I only had protection from the crackheads across the street. But like if they saw anything that was not my car, they would try to go for it. The but uh anyway, so it all started uh the haunting started. I was uh pretty much just to finish the Infinite Annihilator record. And my idea was that like it came about because I uh it wasn't because I was doing anything evil or that I was evil or anything like that or deserved anything. It was more because I thought because I was repeating those lyrics when I was tracking the songs. I thought it was because I was repeating those lyrics in the space, you know? And so if you think in like a uh, another dimension or dream state or anything like that, it's like when you chant or repeat words, like you, you, like, you know, in cults and stuff like that, they chant things and they do stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, ha, 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 ha. you know, it's like <laughs> to to invoke spirits, right, or whatever. Yeah. You know? Um. So that's why I thought it started, but I, I, I can only speculate. But there was one time where it rained like relentlessly for like three days, and this is where it started. And I lived in the basement of the house. It was just me in the basement, and the basement flooded one day when I woke up. So like when I stepped out of bed and put my feet and planted them on the floor. Um, the basement was covered in water, so I stepped in like an inch of water, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, and so it wasn't like perfectly flat, and so like I I dried up all that shit, and basically all that was left was the carpet, uh, carpet square in the center of my room because it was a, it was like an epoxy pavement on the ground. Okay. Um, and so the the carpet was wet. And so what I did was I, it was still, it was really wet. So I didn't want to get electrocuted or like be dangerous and like go away from work and like put like cords in the fucking water and shit. So I did, I took an extension cord, ran it to a fan and I took the extension cord and I put the fan on a chair and took the extension cord and then wrapped it through the back of the chair where you like, it has like a little handle on the chair, okay, yeah. a little space to where you can grab it. So I wrapped it around there and tied it, and then I plugged it into the fan, and I went to work. And I faced the fan at the carpet, thinking like, oh, it'll dry throughout the day. Um, so I come home, and the extension cord is unplugged from the fan. It's untied from the chair, and the extension cord is put into a puddle of water. And... I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it could have been like so, one of the crackheads from across the street or something. No, because uh, so me, my father, my mom, we're the only ones living there. And we have we've lived in ghettos our entire life. And we have this like un un like bewildered like system of always locking shit because we know a crackhead's going to get in there and fucking murder us and rape us and chop our dicks off. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, like, we don't do that. Like, like even me to this day, it's like, I, I mean, I'm, I live in the country where 
probably safe to leave like my shit unlocked. Like I don't do that shit because I don't trust anyone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it. So basically, it was like laid in the water to where like it looks like a fucking booby trap of like somebody trying to kill me or some shit. So I called my mom up immediately because like my I was with my dad working all day because I worked for him at the time. Okay. I called my mom up and I was I know she's the only one in the house and I was like, Mom, did you fucking untie the extension cord from the chair and like leave the extension cord in the water so that I would die? <laughs> and she was like, No, I haven't been home all day. And I'm like, Did, did they so see I'm anything like, too? They, I later I can tell you it's like yeah they did, uh, but they they brushed it off and, and explained it as a train. Which when you looked it up on the GPS, there wasn't a train for over a mile. Uh, so any but so later on, what happened after that is um, I started waking up at two two and three a.m. in the mornings, and my bed would was exorcist shaking like fucking. It was it was like it was like blast beat fast, like to where it was like like my headboard against the wall was like Jesus Christ, okay. And so I'd wake up and my bed would be shaking and I would just be like in like awe, oh, like what? And so that started to happen like every single night. And my dad was like hey, that's probably a train. And because at the house, because we lived like four blocks away earlier um, before we moved to this house, and there was a train that right next to our house yeah. that I would try to like track vocals and stuff, and it would ruin my ears. Yeah, fucking hate this. In the region shit. It's all good, man. Maybe that's the demon again. Dude, fucking, yeah. So, um, the, uh, the train. So, yeah, I, yeah, the train. So I started to like look it up and I was just like, dude, there's no train tracks near us. And um fucking my dad was like, Okay. So you give me this evidence of there is no train tracks near us. So next time your bed is shaking, call me and I'll answer my phone. And my dad's bedroom was like right above me. Yeah. There's like no insulation. So it's like so my bed started shaking one night. And I'm telling you, it was like the exorcist. And so before this even happened, I went in with an Allen wrench and tightened my bed to the point where, like, it was on top of pavement. So, like, I tightened to the, tightened it to the point where, like, you couldn't shake it or jiggle it. I was going to say something about tightening. Yeah. yeah. So I tightened the fuck out of it to where it was, like, literally a cinder block. And my bed started shaking one night. And the headboard was beating against the fucking wall. And I was like, dude, this is fuck. And so I called my dad while it was happening. And then it stopped as soon as like, like I started calling him. I called him and I hear him answer. Hello? <laughs> like yeah. through the fucking ceiling. And I was like, yeah, you told me to call you when my bed was shaking again. And he was like, what? Oh, yeah, it's okay. My bed's shaking right now. Oh, and so. and so like that was like the fucking like I'm not crazy anymore because because my bed was not shaking when he answered his phone 
and his bed was literally fucking shaking while he was on the phone with me. And then, like, I listened, and I could hear this little fucking, like, and it was his fucking headboard tapping against the wall up there. And so, anyway, this this went on for months. Um, and it, it got to the point where, like, I would hear stomps walking through the house upstairs. Um, and it wasn't just, like, steps. It was, like, literally somebody taking the heel of their foot and stomping through the house. Just, like... But yeah, loud and hard hitting. Yeah, and my dad would like call me and be like, "Hey, is that you?" And I'd be like, "No, <laughs> like I'm not an asshole." What the fuck? How long did you live there? Uh, so we lived there probably for like about nine months, and it happened. Uh, I would say about four to five months before we ended up moving out. Um, and there was like another little like experience like when we did move out where whatever it was followed us for like one last night and then sent us a sign and then dipped out after that so it was it was it was really strange it was whatever it was wasn't just like some sort of residual haunting it was like a very intelligent being that wanted us to know that it was intelligent which is even creepier yeah the demonic presence kind of thing yeah, like, yeah, it was fucked up. Dude, <clears throat> I like hearing about this stuff. I, I've i never heard, had anything personally happen to me. You know, like back in the day, I used to go with like buddies, go to abandoned houses and like look out for stuff. And um, I've always been like into paranormal and like even like when it comes to like movies and stuff like horror stuff. But I'm intrigued by it. So but I nothing's ever happened. Like it's funny because your story kind of sounds similar to like a buddy of mine who lived in this house where there was this basement with like this little um, doorway. It's like a two foot like crawl space. And like yeah. when he moved in, they there was like crosses all like like on it and stuff like barricading it. And he said there was like weird shit happening to him when he would walk by the staircase like on the middle floor. He would get like pulled into the basement and just like roll down the stairs. And uh, the, he would, like, vomit the random night and stuff. I'm like, dude, weren't you just sick? He's like, it happened, like, all the time. Like, I don't know why. And then as soon as we moved out, it stopped happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, stuff like that, it's, it's it's pretty fucking wild. I mean, like, um, yeah. Uh, Can't really explain yeah. it. It's just, like. Yeah, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing to be, like, um, there's nothing scientific about it. As to where you can say, oh, it was just this, or oh, it was just that, or oh, that person's just crazy. Because I, I already went through that. I went through like years of um, my father looking up and telling people I was like schizophrenic and shit, and fucking it, like it still pisses me off that like my what my experiences were invalidated. Um, you know what I mean? And it's just like, and I was so alone through all that fucking shit, and. Uh, yeah, it's just like, dude, and I, I, that's it's so much more common for these like experiences to happen, especially now because of these like houses and energy zones or whatever they are, magnetic anomalies, whatever it is, like they're only increasing as more houses are built and as more experiences and traumatic events are happening in these places. And more people are moving into them. So it's like, it's only going to be more common in the future. And it's like, people are fucking just, 
excused as schizophrenic or crazy. Go see a psych. Here's a medication. Take this fucking thing that's going to make your dick not work for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it just drives me fucking crazy, dude. Well, um, why there's been, like, stories and uh, so many people have experienced things like that for sure. And then, yeah, obviously shock therapy, trying to, like, treat people. But, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, well, thank God at least it progressed a little bit to where they're not fucking doing lobotomies for people who see ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. I know. Um, dude, I had no idea we were going to be talking about ghosts and fucking a whole bunch of other shit. It's awesome. I, I'm looking at the time. Like, I don't want to take too much of your time up. Like, I know it's a little uh, bit late. I don't have anything going on. So, I mean, what are you, what are you drinking anyway? Uh, I'm trying to like not be fat right now. So I'm drinking to make a low ultra. <laughs> I know that is like that is the beer of choice when you're like on a diet. I I know I'm like I'm cutting back too, so that's why I'm drinking a tea. But I would love to have a beer right now, um, dude. So okay, you know what? Let's uh, I'm gonna move on to the next segment of the podcast, which is like um, viewer submitted uh, questions. So I get some people to ask questions on Patreon. And by the way, if you want to ask questions for the next guest on the Metalbird podcast, go to Patreon.com/slash/Metalbird. Damn, I'm good at plugging. Um, okay, so let's hype this up. Can we hear this? Oh shit, my soundboard's not working. Okay, it's supposed to be a cool sound effect. Um, all right, let's just move on to the first question from Daniel Spencer. What non-metal artists influence you? Ooh. Uh, gorillas. Gorillas, nice. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, dude, yeah. The list goes on, dude. Uh, metal's only a portion of my fucking shit. Oh, I figured as much. Um, let's see here. I got typo negative, which will still be metal, right? Um, the entire 2000s new metal era. That's my shit. Yeah, I saw your Lincoln Park cover. Fucking badass. Thank you. Dude, I... Like right now, I'm going. I'm going to back on an Evanescent binge. That's still metal, though, right? Yeah. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe it is really metal. <laughs> Got any crazy ones like J-pop, Korean pop, or jazz? Or no. Um, I have to like visually look because I can't ever pull anything out of my ass. I like Frank Sinatra. Uh, fucking Gorillas is like a huge one. <clears throat> I fucking love Gorillas. Um, let's go through my old shit. John Murphy, Jethro Tull was a big one. Okay. Um, Casey Musgraves. Casey <laughs> Musgraves. The most, the, the most recent. Uh, Don't know that one. Yeah, she's like she's a country chick. Yeah, she's. Oh, see. Good. Bye. You can get down with some country. Oh yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Dude, uh, same. Like, um, oh, what's that super popular who's, song? Who's that fucking guy that recently I was listening to? Modest Mouse. Um, see what else is on here. <laughs> um, I love like Nordic shit, like chanting like uh, Ragnarok Brothers. Cause mm. I'm white as fuck. Oh, I think someone literally showed me like EDM, uh, Nordic kind of stuff. It was wild. Hold on, what, what was I saying? Casey Musgrave? No, what's that one, guys? Uh, fuck. I think I lost him. You got a whole bunch. You got a whole bunch. Listen, yeah, just listen to a bunch of good shit. That's all. Yeah. 
I figure as much with like your style of clean vocals and your range and everything, I can only assume like, yeah, you listen to a wide variety of music. Gorillaz is a cool one. I, I wouldn't expect that. Um, another one from yeah, Empire Ants. Empire Ants from uh, Gorillaz. It's like one of my favorite songs ever. I'll check it out because I'm not like huge into Gorillaz. Oh, dude, Empire Ants. That's that. That's like, dude. That's like one of my favorite songs of all time. That's that's one that's gonna be played at my funeral for sure. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out after this. Um, Timothy, you gotta wait. You gotta wait. I'm sorry. You gotta wait like un, until it kicks in before you cut it off. Oh, I I listen to the full thing. I always do. Okay. Don't worry. Uh, Timothy says, did the fact Gabe lives off grid, surrounded by nature, change or affect the creative process for making EE's newest album compared to a traditional studio? Uh, it made it. No, I mean, well, yeah. What it changed was that there was more time to record. Uh, because we didn't have to pay for studio time. And so the EP, the Enterprise Earth EP, I literally tracked in one single day in a studio. Um, Patient Zero, I tracked in two days in a studio, which for creative reasons is fucking horrible to have to do everything in two days. Uh, Embodiment was, I think, three days, but I think I got drunk, like too drunk one day. So it was technically two days. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then the fail-safe fallacy was three weeks for vocal recording. But um, <laughs> Jason uh, had a problem smoking dabs. And so I only pretty much got like really good time doing like an hour a day. So even for three weeks, it was fucking horrible. So, So for The Chosen, it was the first time where like had as much as time as much time as i needed and then some to really make sure that the vocals were what i wanted yeah for sure it was all like self-produced and everything yeah mm-hmm. um cool okay cameron says i consider you to be a criminally underrated vocalist and the last ee album showed you have a wide range of vocal styles who inspires or cleans and are clean something you'll explore more in the future musical endeavors mm-hmm. Yeah, the clean is like, um, I, uh, there's no like one person that inspires me because, like, what I have access to personally, it's like I can't just like go, like, listen to somebody and be like, I'm going to do exactly what they do because I really like that. It's like, it's like vocals are more about like exploring what you're capable of doing and then exploiting your own range and what you're capable of doing. So it's like, uh, but yeah, influence is all across the board. I take influence from like movies. Like I'll hear like a movie soundtrack and be like, "Dude, yeah, inspired." I feel like I kind of hear that in Overpass too, a little bit. It feels a little bit cinematic. Yeah. Your cleans a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, cool. a little bit. I, I'm trying to think of who it kind of sounds like. But like I was watching your interview with uh, Mark from Carvox Academy, and even you said something cool about like your clean vocals in that song. You just like went into like this emo style of vocal, but then you added like uh, some sort of distortion to it. And uh, I thought that was just cool because like it just shows that you're trying to do different things vocally instead of like, yeah, using your influences. I think you were. Oh, yeah. Uh, um... So yeah, I mean, like, when it comes to, like, so it's, like, what I can do physically, and then it's also, like, how I can apply it. So it's, like, 
it's crazy like dimension of like um okay because i mean like i can like literally sit here and apply a distortion to my vocals and the amount of distortion i add to it changes the complete effect of everything so it's like i can add a little bit and it'll make me sound like a fucking weirdo i can add a lot and then it'll make me sound like a fucking half demon half emo cyber right? <laughs> then it's like but then it's like what notes you choose and like how you decide to use them and apply it so it's like like my voice if i do the same thing for a different song with different notes and a different scale it'll actually change the way my voice sounds which i'm like playing with a lot with like the new or stuff so like um there's like cleans that are like going on that sound like way different for one song and then it sounds like a completely different person for another song on another separate part of the record so it's like it it's overwhelming in a sense too because it's like dude there's like so much i can do um just by like thinking differently it's not necessarily that like i'm as good as like 20 different vocalists but it's just more like like it's cool that like just thinking differently can make you sound differently and it and i i approach it cinematically because it's like it is like playing a character it is like um it is like uh it's not like it's not me right it's more of like what you can play i guess like i'm a method vocalist right? yeah that's a, that's a super <laughs> weird way of thinking about it but that's kind of sick yeah just pull a whole bunch of different styles and like you're uh it's like a you're the leonardo dicaprio of vocals fucking <laughs> <laughs> like leonardo dicaprio yeah you, i lived in a garbage can for three weeks to sound like this <laughs> <laughs> that was surprisingly pretty good twitter's trying to cancel him for always like uh, breaking up with any girl that goes like above twenty three or something. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, next question from Tom: Do your neighbors like your vocal exercises? I don't know, cause uh, anytime I lived in an apartment and I did vocals in my closet, where I know my neighbors could definitely hear me, I always stayed within the boundaries of reasonable hours. Uh, and they every time I met them in the hallway, they were super fake nice, like every other neighbor. They're like, "Hey, hey, how's it going?" <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I never got cool uh, or close enough to any neighbors to like really know what they think. Yeah, like, uh, I don't practice it, but, like, I was jamming out some... I guess this guy just heard the music because my neighbor in my condo building came up to me. He's like, hey, you you like metal? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, maybe I was blasting it out loud or something. He's like, oh, I'm a metalhead, too. And then he was telling me, like, he's a, he likes black metal. And he's like, do you like black metal? And, like, that's the only genre of black uh, metal that I have a hard time getting into. I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not huge into black metal. But then I told him, I'm just like, I know, like, Behemoth and stuff. And he's like... Behemoth is shit. Let me show you this band from Toronto. And then he he shows me this band and like legit the first black metal band that like I I enjoyed. So really? Oh, it was what like are they called? Panzerfaust, I think is what they're called. They're from Toronto. Oh, Panzerfaust. Yeah, Panzerfaust. Yeah. They're oh, from Canada? Yeah, they're from Toronto, dude. What the fuck? I know. I thought that was they're weird. They're so not true. 
black metal. They look like Scandinavian as fuck too. And they're called Panzerfrost, like like literally like a German Nazi tank Panzer. Yeah. They're like whole- Nordic like Nordic racism Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All their music is based off like war stuff too. But I think it sounds sick. Um all right, so that's it for like the uh, viewer questions. So for me, I just want to ask you some fun questions. Um, so I do this with all, all the podcasts. I plan on it at least. So top three favorite bands. I think we already know number one. Thank God. No, I thought it was going to be Gorillaz. No. That's just non-metal. No. Gotcha. Uh, Empire Ants and Plastic Beach uh, for Gorillaz is definitely it's up there. Um Lamb of God, Ashes of the Wake, that album. I have the Warbird on my neck. Oh, nice. Okay. That's like a number one. Uh, number one favorite band for sure, though, is definitely Perfect Circle, which is on the other side of my neck. I, I got to listen to them. I've never been like a huge like tool person and stuff, even though I... Well, was... if, yeah, if they're not like a huge tool person, going to a Perfect Circle is definitely a must because that's where you really see Mannered Shine... And that's like, it's more like, it's less like jerking off, like, oh, here's this time signature that's crazy. <laughs> it's more like, yeah. it, it's like more spiritual to me. It's a spiritual thing for me. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend listening because if you like any 2000s like era, like new metal kind of stuff, I would recommend uh, listening to the Apocalypse version of fucking, what's it fucking called? I see a remix here. Yeah, just listen to uh, a Perfect Circle <laughs> Apocalypse remix. Oh yeah, I see it. Outsider. Yeah, Outsider. Yep. Yeah. So that's like, like a classic song that they've done. Um, but that's like uh, yeah, that's that's like one of my favorite bands. Like Mannered is like amazing to me. He truly. So is, what, yeah. what I got? Uh, Perfect Circle. Their new record too is really awesome. Like if you just like vibing and driving kind of thing. Yeah. They put out a new uh, record they, recently. Yeah, uh, last I think like three, two or three years ago. Yeah, 2018. Okay, eat the elephant. Uh, yep. Um, Disillusioned and the Doomed are my two favorites, and also uh, Buying Down the River. Those are those are three really good songs from that album. Um, and honestly, those are those are like my two my my big two. The rest is just open to, you know, appreciating all music. Yeah. Um, I know I do want to check out like stuff like a perfect circle, but I'm kind of like a weird spot because like, do I listen to this on my free time or do I film it for content? Like that's how I listen to music now. It's like, it's always based around like, um, I was wondering about that because I, I like, I saw like your reaction to like enterprise stuff and stuff like that. And like, you just seem like a really passionate like person who enjoys music. And then I was thinking today, like when you asked me, like when we were about to do this, I was like, wait a second. Like I like him because he seems like a passionate music listener who just like enjoys it and has fun. But it's like, now I'm thinking like, should I ask him if he enjoys listening to music anymore? (laughs) Oh, am I just a poser kind of thing? But no, or 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 just like, are you because fucking? Because like, it's your job now, right? You know, yeah, so yeah. Like, you have to listen to it. 
it's so I know I'm always listening to music through like a critical lens and that's how my audience expects me to listen to music because like I review each song so when I listen to it I'm always like trying to pay attention to the structure yeah. and things like that so so uh, your audience your audience is literally fabricated to like look for you as you enjoy it like are you enjoying this right now yeah definitely and it happens on the twitch streams too and so um the thing is like he didn't like this breakdown that much i wasn't i wasn't feeling your feeling and and then people get pissed too if you don't like something the same way that you like them too but yeah no like so the thing is like do i make content actually speaking of tool i just checked out ladder lateralists for the first time like two weeks ago yeah I, I'm Dude, just, how old are you? Fucking fourteen? Like with the beard? <laughs> Dude, I could just never get into Tool. I, I, I found, and like honestly, the fan base when making videos for Tool now, I find their fan base so like pretentious that I'm like, I can't stand this band only because like the fan base now. Uh, but then I checked. Out, yeah, well, I checked yeah. out the album and it's like, okay, this is pretty fucking sick. Like, I get it, and like, uh, yeah, it's like the the I mean, like the older Tool stuff, um, is definitely like. It has its like merit, like it has its place, but yeah, the tool, the tool fans, they're fucking shot. <laughs> oh, I know some fan bases are brutal. Um, but yeah, okay, so that's cool. We got the next one is going to be top three favorite movies. Your favorite movies? Yeah. Uh, twenty eight days later, twenty eight weeks later. Hell yeah. And uh. Fuck, this is like a question that's like, that's gonna like, I'll probably wake up at three in the morning and be like, I should have said this because this is really my favorite movie. Saying 28 Days Later was already the best answer you could have given. That movie's amazing. Yeah. Oh, fucking. And then the, there, there's the first sequel done right. So that's why 28 Weeks Later. The soundtrack to that too? Oh, dude. Oh, so uh, speaking of Mylar, so we, we did a little. Uh, a little fucking thing Not to 20 that. yeah to the 28 28 days theme and weeks theme what on the new ep no on the new record that's coming out oh that's shit the, yeah they're you're, working on okay you gotta plug that record still like no it's it's not uh we're we're still working on it but uh it gets today <laughs> but okay so i'm saying things are happening for my lore though oh yeah well fuck yeah dude so we got a fucking ballad on there with like fucking Queen of the Damned ballad. We have a 28 themed uh, song on there, which is fucking sick as fuck. Um, the other, pretty much five songs are written and ready. And right now, I have two guitar players. So one, uh, I'm trying not to say too much. So one guitar player, he. He did some really cool shit before. Um, and then the other guitar player was working on the other five songs. Um, he's a really close friend of mine. And he's in a really well-established band. Um, and so he's working on the other half of the album. I'm working really closely with him. And I sent him a bunch of like piano stuff that I wrote uh, to see if, if we can... Yeah, it, it, it's gonna be crazy. Nice, dude. I can't wait. Like, um, I think, uh, one of your one of your critiques though was like, "There's no riffs." 
Um, and there's going to be riffs for the, the next shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, bro. Um, <laughs> honestly, like I said, Ashen Memories, I think that was like one of the creep. Like uh, criticisms that I had, but then after jamming out to it a little bit more, I fucking love that song. That chorus just hits. Same with the breakdown in the second verse. I love that song, dude. It did well on TikTok. I made it like a TikTok clip of it. It got like eleven thousand views or something. So, oh no shit. Yeah. yeah. I don't like. I don't. I should probably follow you on TikTok, but I I just don't ever log into it because I fucking dude. TikTok. I don't want to be on TikTok, man. If it was up to me, I don't want any social media. But I like you have to. You have to... Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. I I died with uh MySpace, but I told you, like I said, I was I was doing a catfish Morgan Freeman profile to, <laughs> to survive and it just yeah. I couldn't survive any longer, so I had to like be real, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it's funny because like I have a personal social media account and uh I've never plugged Metal Burb once. I've always wanted to do it organically. I'm like, this is my own thing. If you find it, you find it kind of thing. People are kind of finding it now, so it's kind of cool. That's how it was like with Mylar, where it was like, you know what? I think I want I want the like the promotional aspect to be like I don't give a fuck. And like it's it's so cool that like I'm not gonna plug it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well like <laughs> Plug it's like black metal, like it, it's it's an insider club, right? <laughs> so like, but it really, it's just like a lazy way of saying like I don't give a fuck, but it's cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Are can we like expect like a tour or something when the album comes out? Um, I don't know yet. Um, but I already got a tour offer for twenty twenty three. Um. And if the record is out then and it's doing pretty decent, I mean, like the basically the um, the tour offer is direct support already for um, an established band. So, I mean, it's like it would be stupid not to do it, yeah. but also too really fun because they're my friends. So, uh, but yeah, it would be like the, the coolest first tour because, like, dude, I do not want to do the same thing I did with Enterprise and like fucking for underneath the nuts of like <laughs> bands and just like nibbling like like fucking guppy <laughs> you know what i mean like i just don't want to do that shit anymore dude i'm too old to and like too like mentally degraded to to fuck around with that kind of shit but we're listening yeah, so age, we're listening. i think how old are you i'm 32 yeah we're 13 yeah yeah, we're 1990. 1990, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Oh, my God. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. I can get all the references and shit. Dude, usually it's like people who, you know, have a beard and a full head of hair. They're like, dude, I'm 22. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, dude, you look fucking so... Dude. Cool. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, my very first video, there's been a transformation. Well, not my very first video. It's like two weeks within doing my YouTube channel was actually an Enterprise Earth track. And uh, I had like glasses, short hair, clean shave and kind I, of thing. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember just like, wow, this is really heavy. I couldn't really get into it. I'm just like, that was when I was like, <laughs> I fell out of Deathcore and then like I was getting back into it through the channel. And that song was just like fucking filthy for me. And then. Yeah. Your aesthetic, your aesthetic for I think that video, because I remember it because I remember 
seeing you later and be like this guy looks like like looks and sounds so familiar but like i've never met him in my life and then i i did look up like enterprise reaction and then i saw it was like you with short hair and you look like a gent motherfucker a gent motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> it's true yeah gent kids always have like the glasses yeah, throws a little nerdy looking yeah you look like you like yeah you look like you like were trying to tap out the mathematical <laughs> you're like oh four plus four easy you guys suck dude like it's because i was working uh i had like a marketing job so i had to look a little bit clean cut so uh i've since left that job now embracing my metal my metal look the main and everything now but yeah yeah i'm, I'm gonna try to grow my hair out but it's like I'm dreading it and I've been putting it off because it's going to take fucking forever. And I have to go through the mid phase of the yeah. bowl cut. The fucking like. I was wearing a beanie for like a good, not probably like a year in my videos because I was hiding like the mop that was on top of my head. I saw like photos of you on Instagram with like your like longer hair and stuff. You had like long hair for a while. Yeah, I did. I had, I had like this hair. It was like the, it was short around the sides long. Oh, uh, okay. And yeah, it was like really bad. And so I think this time I'm going to do it right and I'm just going to wear do rag the entire time. Yeah, you got to you got to go through that awkward phase. It's like the same thing with growing a beard too. Um dude, actually I realized something. I was going through your Instagram and I saw like a, a Insta post of you driving and it was like you got to find someone in Silent Hill and then you put like some Silent Hill 2 music on there. And I was oh, yeah. I was nerding out. I'm like, dude, do you like Silent Hill too as well? Yeah. <laughs> That's my shit. That's my shit. Hell yeah. Okay. Dude, Silent, Silent Hill too. Fucking, I would, yeah, I'd get lost in that shit for fucking, honestly, it's like heaven to me would be like the afterlife to me would be like going to Silent Hill and being a ghost there. Like that'd be sick. Minus the monsters though. Just like the foggy minus, atmosphere and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Minus, minus the monsters. Yeah, unless yeah. like I had like as like I could kill them really easy. Like I could just bitch smack them. Like, yeah. yeah. Did you see no. the uh, the remake? Silent Hill to the movie. No, there's a remake video game. There's trailers out for it now. Is I it? heard about it. I heard about it, but I just like I. I don't know. Like with even with like Resident Evil and stuff, because Resident Evil was like my fucking shit growing up same um the playstation versions we're the same age so we know yeah yeah, yeah. so we so we probably yeah um and so like hearing about the resident evil 2 remake it's like it was sick though I'm like it's good they've been it? crushing it yeah they they're remaking resident evil 4 and looks fucking amazing too i heard about that too the resident evil 4 because that that was a lot that was like um resident evil 4 was I still liked Resident Evil 5 as like an entertainment value, but like that Resident Evil 5 is when I started to check out from the Resident Evil series. Yeah. Well, it looks sick, but then there's like the Silent Hill 2 remake looks a little finicky to me. That's why I was like hoping that you might have seen it. We can talk some shit. No, I haven't because, uh, I mean, even the Resident Evil 2 remake, because Resident Evil 2 like changed my fucking life um, growing up, like the PlayStation fucking version. My friend bringing it over with the PlayStation disc with the black bottom. Fucking like bringing it over like, hey, want to try this shit? Really? That... 
Dude, my, my older brothers would play that and I'd be like uh, just watching them and I would be so scared to like be alone with that game. I remember just like thinking there's like zombies underneath my bed and stuff. That game freaked the shit out of me. The fucking, it took you fucking 30 seconds to walk through a door. Back then, that was like cinematic value of like, oh shit, what's about to happen? I know. But now it's like, if you see that shit, you're like, dude, come on, open, come on. <laughs> that, open. It's because our attention span is just completely fucked at the moment because of social media and stuff. Yeah, especially TikTok. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, uh, I don't want to be on TikTok, but I have to be. So, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, at this point, it's like musicians have to, like, it's going to get to the point where we have to make 30 second songs now, and that's it. Yeah. Like, there's not not just a clip of a song that's longer than 30 seconds because no one's going to go actually seek it out and listen to it. They're only going to listen to the 30 second song that you make. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like I, I, my TikToks are edits of just like the highlights of the song, so it's like the breakdown or like a, like the final chorus, and I merge it together because it's like the best yeah. part of my reactions. And like, uh, you know, there's the whole fucking verse mer- missing and stuff in the intro. Yeah. So. And, and like that's one of the things too. Like the one of like the magical things about a song is like the parts that literally fucking like suck. Like you have to drag your listener through some bullshit and then hit them with like the hook or whatever. Yeah. But like people just want to hear the hook now. That's it. Like, so now it's like, we're getting to the point where like, we're going to just start writing an album that's fucking 15 minutes long. And then each song is only 30 seconds long. (laughs) Yeah. Like, literally, like, when you fucking post a full music video, no one wants to fucking go listen to it. But, like, your TikTok version of it will have 30,000 views of of you just playing the good parts from the song. And then none of them go click on the full video. They're just like, oh, seen it, done it, cool, awesome. Bye, I want to see fucking people snort hot sauce. (laughs) No, it's like twerking and other things. I don't know. But... Yeah, you, they you miss the tension, you miss the buildups and everything within the song too. Like, um, I notice even with my community, I I feature like a lot of progressive metal on my channel, but it doesn't pull in a lot of views because like I find a lot of core kids just can't get into it. Um, their attention spans like you know two to three minutes, and it sucks because yeah. I think prog metal is so fucking interesting, and um, and now it's even getting worse, right? It's just like now songs need to be. And every song needs to have that filthy breakdown. And I do feel like I'm part of the problem with like reaction content that like you want to have people react to these breakdowns and then you, you clip it, you go viral. Like what happened with like Lauren Shore into the Hellfire? Yeah. Game, right. Yeah. I mean, cause like, I mean, like honestly, Lauren Shore wouldn't even be anything if they didn't have the break snort breakdown on TikTok, Right. Like, like, let's just be honest. Like that's, that's like what success is now is having something that is this short that is mesmerizing in a short video concept. And then that can make your entire career and your entire album or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's just like how the future is. is it, it, it catering to short attention spans. And honestly, uh, new Milo is fucked because 
I mean, we already have like a seven minute song. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah, on my end. But yeah, you are fucked. <laughs> eight, an eight minute song. <laughs> uh, I think our shortest one so far is six minutes. Like, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, just scrap everything and just make like 12, 30 second songs or something. Yeah, so I was, I even uh, had a, uh, uh, a call with the other guitar player that's working on the other half of the album. And I was like, hey, bro, like, <laughs> I was like, what do you think about three minute songs? And he was like, oh, yeah. I was like, please. <laughs> what? He was questioning it. What? He wants longer? No, I mean, it's not that he wants it. It's like when it's like when you're uh, like even me, like, honestly, like I'll like when I write my own like little stuff, like I'll end up writing something that's like fucking seven minutes just because I just want to keep like exploring the idea. And honestly, like I love listening to a song like that, too, because it's like you can take one idea and you can break it into like different components and like you can explore the idea fully, but in three minutes, it's like you have to have like four songs with that same melody and concept to be able to explore it like deep enough, in my opinion, you know, <laughs> yeah, so, you can one, so you can take one song with a three minute song concept and make a whole album out of that. And so maybe that's the fucking secret sauce right there. And I'm fucking up. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, dude? Um, but actually, this is going to be a smooth pivot. Speaking of sauces, what is your top three favorite foods? Peanut butter. Peanut butter. I like that. Uh, it's a very unconventional answer. I like it, though. Peanut butter. Hamburgers. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, that's that's my answer. I fucking love peanut butter too. Peanut butter hamburgers separately, not peanut butter hamburgers. It can work. It can work. That's the great thing about a hamburger. Uh, and just out of like old school curiosity crepes. Okay. With whipped cream, you know? Yeah, that's a... That's now that I'm not vegan, I've been vegan for like six years, so now I'm not vegan, and like crepes are fucking bomb. Right, right, yeah, you, uh, I remember hearing that you were vegan, so then that burger answer should have shocked me. What made you, like, uh, not want to practice veganism anymore? Um, so I had, uh, gotten COVID from my parents, who were super, not gonna get into that stuff, but my parents gave me COVID as a gift. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. And, uh, I had it pretty rough, honestly, cause, um, my blood pressure got really low and, uh, I couldn't get up to make food and stuff like that. And, uh, basically the people that I was living with at the time, uh, weren't, like cool with helping out making me food and stuff and getting me water or anything like that. So I would like stumble to the kitchen and then like be on the verge of passing out. So I would just grab as like whatever quick things I can get. So like I would get like canned tuna or like 
canned soup or something and then just like or like a banana and run back so basically when i finally did heal from covid um i had lost like 20 25 pounds holy shit that and, much yeah and i didn't um <clears throat> i mean i only like like my like sweet spot is like 135 pounds or something and so like when i lost that much weight like i i didn't have that much weight to lose so like i was like uh like jewish concentration camp like <laughs> skinny as fuck frail yeah okay yeah like my girlfriend at the time told me that like she felt <laughs> uh like i couldn't protect her <laughs> she said <laughs> <Anything>. that <laughs> yeah damn oh. yeah some girls are like they're not so blunt so i'll see <laughs> If that's how she felt like yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah well it's true though i mean like i was yeah i was like really frail but basically after that like i just like i was like fuck it like fuck everything i'm eating meat like it it was like it changed like this like switch in my head of like oh i don't want to live off of suffering of animals to like like i was a like i felt like i was like on the verge of dying so like it switched to a point where I was like, "Oh, it's either me or you, baby, and you gonna die." Yeah. <laughs> and so that's yeah, that's 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 how that changed. Fair enough, man. Like I did a vegetarian for a year. Uh, this was like when I was like super. I think like high school or something. I didn't know shit about dieting or anything, so I just ate a whole bunch of carbs and sugars. I ended up just gaining weight, but. I tried. I tried. Now I'm like the complete opposite. Now I'm like trying to eat like all the meats. Like I want to like try like every animal. Just, I don't know. Okay. All, all their, all their parts. And all yeah, their parts. Friggin' liver king or something. Dude, dude fucking, uh, fucking liver, uh, liver roll-ups. That's what roll I just said, liver king. Liver roll-ups? Liver roll-ups? What the hell's a liver roll-up? Yeah, fruit roll-up, but it's, uh, Fucking liver? liver. Oh, that's <laughs> that sounds nasty, dude. No, we don't have that here in uh. Well, we probably do have it in Canada, but not in Toronto. You never had uh giblet puffs? Jigglypuff, like the Pokemon? No, giblet puffs. No, I don't even know what that is. It's like it's like cocoa puffs, but it's literally just dried up giblets. No, <laughs> you're not really selling me on it. It doesn't sound good. No, I've never had that either, but I think that we should uh, invest in something like that. Good. Yeah, okay. Um, imagine, imagine the milk that's left over, because the milk would have, like, it's a Cocoa Puffs, it'd be chocolate milk after. Talking about giblet milk after, you know? What the, what, what's a giblet? Dude, I don't remember what a giblet is. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is giblets are fucking nasty. You don't want that shit. It's like, it's like tongue and Tongue and heart and nuts. I don't yeah, know. so put some like milk all the in worst. That. It's, all the, it's like all the shit you don't want, and like people just like make soup out of it. Uh, yeah, if you put that in a bowl with milk, it'll be like murky and brown. Yeah, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, how <laughs> 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 do I pivot to this ending? Uh, you, ever, you ever had those uh, peach rings? They're like. They're peach rings. 
No, dude. Like I, I've had a peach. I've had peach candies that look like peach rings, but I've never had a peach yeah. rain. Yeah, it's like uh, the, uh, it's those those are buttholes, bro. Those are buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? They taste like buttholes? No, those are buttholes. Oh, I get it. Cause they're peaches. Is that where you're going? Dude, I'm trying to understand the mind of Dan Watson over here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I, I'm not going to publicly admit if I've had butthole or not before. Um, All right. Yeah. It, it, it takes, yeah. It takes longer to understand my mind. Cause I, I get, yeah, I get, I, it, I get stupid. I yeah. fucking love it, dude. I fucking love it. Um, Okay, like this this conversation's been on for almost like two hours. Didn't realize it too, um, dude. I absolutely appreciate you coming on for this. Like uh, getting to know you on a more personal level, and also like learning more about Enterprise Earth and Meyer Lore and stuff. And hearing that you're writing a full album has me fucking stoked, especially after that EP. Um, but yeah, dude, if there's anything that I'm missing that you want to plug, plug away. Um. Oh, just just a yeah. <laughs> the the audio version on Spotify won't get it. You're, you're, you have a dog that looks like it's about to eat, eat its butthole. Dog eating its butthole. That's what he wants to plug. <laughs> no, so it's like. <laughs> I was drawing like my butthole surgery early. <laughs> I was trying to explain to people, and so what happened was like, I was I was drawing balls here, yeah, drawing balls there, and then I was like, yo, that's too graphic for kids, so I made it into a puppy, and I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, that was a bad idea, because like the legs were biceps already, yeah, it was bad. So, dude, you- like, oh, so uh, I want to plug um, just uh. Yeah, Myler merch is coming. Uh, there, it's already like there's already some out, and then there's also um, CDs on the way. But we're working with uh, who the fuck are we working with? Uh, very absent-minded. Um, indie indie merch. Oh yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, I think they do Canada stuff too. Do you yeah. do? Okay, cool. That's a good thing because uh, I haven't had that in the past. But yeah, we'll, we're doing indie merch for right now, and then I'm trying to find a place that will do uh, um, European stuff. But for now, um, all the stuff that is being ordered through indie merch and stuff like that is going to directly support paying for um, the new Mylar record, like production and stuff like that. So nice. Okay, that's cool. So yeah, yeah. Buy some merch. Yeah. Uh, also, too, it's like I need a new pimp coat. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any pimp coats. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, dude, okay. Look, I, I'm going to end the podcast. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Uh, it was a good talk. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned for my lore and more stuff from Dan Watson. But Fuck. peace. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude.